Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am Andy Behrens. Uh, this is episode two. Perhaps not quite as collectible, valuable as episode one, but you still want to keep it on your phone in pristine conditions. Uh, I, I think these can only escalate in value. Um, I am joined, as always, by Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how are you? Doing well back home. Uh, ready to talk some more hoops with you, Andy. Oh, man, you've been on the road. You were uh, you were filming some videos in Sunnydale, in Sunnyvale at uh, Yahoo HQ with Amanda Borges. Did she get you with any, like, gotcha questions? I know she's always trying to trip up her guests. Yeah, nothing too bad. And then, yeah, then I stayed the night in the city in San Francisco, got up the very next morning and went to a Roto, Roto World live uh, draft show in their NBC studios. And that was pretty fun, too. And definitely weird. I know that you warned me, but, you know, so everyone was together in Connecticut and I'm by myself remotely in these studios. And it was definitely some delay and some weirdness to it. But uh, overall, it was fun. Yeah, it, it becomes easy for them to really pick on the guy who's not in the room with them. I, I, I felt like you got off pretty easy. I felt like I've been hammered in the past on their on their football and baseball shows but I, I feel you got kind of kid gloves treatment yeah it is true you warned me and they were too nice it's probably because they don't know me as well or that or you you know you just make really horrible picks in your football league probably <laughs> too but that's fair it, that I, my record in that football league is uh w- would suggest that perhaps the picks were lacking so yeah that might be that might be it that might be it I choose to think that uh, they're just biased against me um, Dalton, I'm actually on my way tonight to uh, see some Bulls preseason action. I'm going to catch the Bulls and Pelicans. I'm super excited about that. It's uh, it's Zion Williamson. It's Laurie Markkinen. The, the two pillars upon which the NBA will stand for the yeah. next 15 years. Really excited. First of, of many clashes between those two. So let's get right into it with our starting five. There's no mystery about where I have to start. We're, we're talking on Wednesday and on Tuesday, Ben Simmons hit a three in an actual professional basketball game. Wasn't a regular season game. I believe he's 0 for 17 career in the uh, in the regular season, but he hit like a legit three, not a corner three, not a desperation end of quarter, end of half three, but he hit like a deep three from the wing. Um, Dalton, does this make him the, the no doubt number one overall fantasy pick? You know, after taking, we're going to talk about the friends and family draft we just had, but uh, after taking Joel Embiid in the first round, I had a chance at him in round three. I'm a homer. I went with D'Lo instead. But uh, yeah, maybe I made a mistake here with Simmons hitting threes. It's nice to see. Why does this guy not just lock himself in the gym with jump shots all summer? Because yeah, it's crazy that he's gone two full seasons without just accidentally running into one. But it's nice to see. Super nice to see. It's a good-looking shot. It kind of confirmed, I don't, I don't know, like you can't read much into off-season grainy phone video from practice gyms, right? But he may have been working on his shot. It's just a, it's a good thing for his overall game if he intends to keep taking it. It was a great fantasy line, too. Like that game could have been any regular season Ben Simmons game. It was like uh, eight boards and seven assists and some defensive goodies. So that was really good to see. Um I, it, number two, we got we to gotta talk about rookies because Zion made uh, his debut, looked, I, I want to, I mean, maybe it wasn't awesome. He looked good. He looked hyper-athletic, like the most athletic thing on the floor against the Hawks. His free throws left a little bit to be desired. They're super flat, really ugly, did not shoot a good percentage from the line. But anyway, it was a great Zion game. That game was full of young players with all kinds of talent. I just want to throw it out there sort of generally. What other rookies impressed you uh, in, in the first couple of preseason games here? First off, really cool. You get to see Zion in person, uh, those dunks. You just get him anywhere in the paint with any momentum. He's going to have so many slams this year. It's going to be fun to watch. A um, couple guys, I know you want to talk about Tyler Hero. I'm sure he's uh, he's really impressed. I grabbed Goran Dragic. Hell yeah, I do. Late. 
talk, I grabbed Goran Dragic late in friends and family, and he might just, you know, I mean, Hero may, may replace him sooner rather than, than later. Brandon Clark, right on brand, old man Andy Barron's just cut us off with his landline uh, going off in the middle of this <laughs> podcast, so just perfectly on brand for the old man Barron's. But Brandon Clark is another interesting rookie. You know, he started over uh, Valanchunas uh, recently, but just getting rest. Nothing to look into there right away, but the summer league MVP, I believe Kyle Anderson's hurt. So Clark is an interesting late round flyer. And one name, when you asked me this, uh, I thought of that people might've forgotten is Michael Porter Jr. I think he qualifies as a rookie still. And, you know, he's uh, obviously loaded Denver uh, roster there, but he's another guy to, to totally not forget about. I, I am like the only person alive who still has a landline phone. I'm sorry about that. One of those, one of those deals that made the, made the whole cable bill a little bit cheaper. I'm that I'm pathetic. I'm like a thousand years old. Um, I'm glad you brought up Michael Porter Jr. He was my, he was actually my 14th round, my final round pick in the friends and family league. I don't know if it'll amount to anything, but he's another one of these guys where like the grainy phone videos from summer have been awesome. He's kind of a high buzz player just throughout scrimmages so far. Jokic has said really good things about him. I mean, nobody's going to say bad things about a teammate at this point in the preseason, but he kind of passed the eye test. I don't know if you saw any, like it was the late night ESPN game. I don't know if you saw any of it, but Porter, Porter looked all right. Yeah, that's why I brought him up. Definitely. Don't forget about him. This guy was talked about as the possible number one overall pick or whatever, you know, before the, the back injuries hit him. And the fact he landed on a such a good roster makes, you know, Denver all the more interesting moving forward. OK, I'm going to move to number three in our starting five because I, I can't wait to get your take on this guy. Shea Gilgis Alexander. H- holy hell. Um, he had a monster game on Tuesday. I, I want to say it was 24 points in 26 minutes. Absolutely relentless. Got to the rim like at the rim. Anytime he wanted to splash some threes, like how long before we look at this Paul George trade and and say that, I don't know, are we two years away from Shea Gilgis Alexander being the better player? Uh, he, He looks fantastic. That's not even a question. I just want your thoughts on him. Yeah, obviously no secret in fantasy circles, but I mean, he's going to break out big time. But I mean, what a weird offseason. It looked like it was good, then it was bad, but he ends up ultimately, you know, an OKC system that was, I think, sixth in pace last year. And uh, Mike Gallagher from Roto World pointed out his, his per 36 numbers last year without Lou Williams just were so good in the second half. He's averaging like 18, five and five and two and a half steals. And he's getting to the rim, got to the rim much more. And now, as you said, just the situations, it's going to become more and more his basketball team there. So love him, man. I mean, I, I bumped him up in my rankings. I think I have him uh, like top 40. I think he's a uh, top 40 ish or something. I, I really like him. Yeah, he actually, I think the, I think the number is last 20 games last year, he would have been a top 40 player in, uh, in nine category leagues, eight category leagues. So, I mean, you talk about somebody who passed the eye test and, and just terrific athletically. And again, got, like guys who can get at and above the rim at will like that um, in the half court, I just, I, I love his game. I haven't landed him yet. I've only had two, three drafts. I guess I've had three drafts so far. I haven't landed him yet, but Man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start making a priority of this kid. In in where do you have to go? Round three, round four? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. He's being pushed up that high. But yeah, I'm watching him in the in the playoffs too last year against the Warriors. I mean, he's a real deal. He's a very good basketball player for sure. He's just you can just see it. He's a future star. Okay, number four. Give me your thoughts on somebody who is about to make his preseason debut with Dallas. Uh, did not play on I believe it was Tuesday night, but I think we're gonna see him on Wednesday, and that's Kristaps Porzingis. If we're now he's going to be on the load management plan, right? There's almost no question about that. They they probably have to sit him for maybe it's maybe it's 20 games. Maybe it's less than that. If we're drafting right now, where are you taking Porzingis? Weird offseason for him, for sure. Um, and, but 
as far as on the court, load management is the biggest issue. I mean, they've already come out and reported 15 to 20 games missed. I mean, that's if things go perfectly health-wise. So obviously the upside's there. So you got to find that happy medium. You, I think it was ADP's around 32, and he went 31st in this friends and family draft. I believe you took Darren Fox one pick before him, so you passed on him, and I certainly can't blame you there. One guy's on the upswing, and the other is looking at you know maybe a fourth of the season miss. So that's the issue here. But you know you're in a head-to-head league, come playoffs. Porzingis, obviously the upside's there for him to be you know one of the top 15 type player. Yeah, like I'll tell you, I get it on on talent. I get taking him in the third round. I took De'Aaron Fox uh, pretty early, I believe, in round three in the friends and family draft. Like Porzingis wasn't even on my radar. He went one I, pick I after I, I looked. I looked before this when you did the outline. I believe he went legitimately one pick after you took Fox. Yeah, I gotta I gotta say, a guy who, if everything goes right, is gonna miss maybe twenty games, maybe it's eighteen games. And the other thing about friends and family, I've set it up as a weekly transaction league, so like. You, you can't just sub him out when they say that he's not going to, you know, he's not going to he's not going to play in a back to back. You can't just right. sub him out that day. You, you've got to live with what he's going to play in any given week. I mean, he's never going to play more than three games in a week. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I know everyone's going to deal with load management to, to some degree this year. But this is a guy already the coach telling, you know, for sure, 15 to 20 games. And you're right. As far as the weekly transactions. Yeah, there are no back to back. So there's there's a cap to every single week for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a killer. Number five in our starting five, I, I would be um, derelict in my duties if I did not get your thoughts on somebody that everybody was talking about a couple nights ago, and that's Markel Fultz. So he puts up a like an eight point seven assist, four rebound line on Monday. What have you seen so far? I mean, I, like without question, it's good to see him on the floor. It's good to see him playing at all. We haven't seen a we haven't seen a free throw yet. We haven't really seen a significant jump shot go down. I don't know. What are your early thoughts? Do you have any expectations at all? Are you taking him, period? When I went to Sunnyvale and taped the videos last season, you know, I was all over Fultz. I said, I'm buying the offseason. I'm in, in, in. He made me look like a fool, obviously horrible. But I'm kind of back in. I mean, on one hand, you just look at the explosiveness, the fast break, um, the numbers with him with defense on the floor, too. He's a real difference maker there. Obviously, he went number one for a reason, really rangy, like the I mean, just total huge wingspan. And you look at the off of the, the preseason, the assist numbers are high, but so are the turnovers. And, and I don't know, the shot is going to still be a problem. The mid-range is still ugly there. And I guess he's not shot one free throw yet this preseason. So you take the good with some bad. But you know what's cool, Andy, is we're at least talking about him. I mean, I guess he says he's right. dealing with this TOS whatever syndrome for the rest of his career. But at least mentally, it, it, even if it was just that, he feels he's over that that portion of it. So Love to see this kid play more basketball. So I'm excited and I'm glad we're talking about it. And uh, sure, I'm in. I'm moving him up my rankings. It's good there are. Um, it's good that you mentioned his wingspan. I think it's he's like he's like a six nine or yeah, six ten wingspan guy. So there's going to be there's no question there's going to be some defensive goodies there if he's just playing 20 minutes a game. That's pretty exciting. I, I will say, like in the same way that I'm raving about Shea Gilgis Alexander for getting at the rim at will, Fultz kind of stop short of the rim Fultz has like that old man rec league thing that you know not to, not to compare Mar- Markel Fultz's offensive game to myself but that's the thing I do I can't get past a guy so I spin off of him and then I end up throwing up like a like a 10 or 12 footer he like all the highlights were that they were I mean it's fine he's in the paint he's he's throwing up uh 10 footers that get every piece of the rim and then drop in I I don't know I was I haven't been wowed yet I hope when we start to see the jump shot go down, like I, I hope that's a thing. I hope the the free throws are on target. I, I 
again, it's just it's great to see him out there. I, I think I'm passing still in uh, in the late rounds of drafts. Yeah, obviously it matters, and there might be someone who's totally in because I mean, the previous number one pick. I did see a nice dunk. It was on a fast break though, and you're right. The other highlights were some kind of like reverse uh, layup type moves. But uh, anyway, they're not highlights for any other player, right? That might be fair. That might be fair. And and, and the shot is still not there either, but. But I don't know, the assists and the defense and real life, maybe you just turned into a better real life player off the bench or whatever in fantasies, it's always going to be a bust. But but still, at least we're talking about him and it's something. But uh, I'm with you. It's probably, the, the best answer is probably to remain highly skeptical really at this point. Okay, we're going to have a guest this week and it's going to be Ryan Knaus of Roto World. I'm super anxious to get Ryan on the on the show. Um, just, a, just a really good fantasy analyst, great player. And a super strong fantasy writer. He is a multiple FSWA award winner for Basketball Writer of the Year. But before we bring Ryan in, Dalton, you have been mauled by Ryan in a couple of drafts lately. I want to give you a chance to go into detail a little bit about your Roto World draft guide team and maybe your friends and family team and your thoughts on those two drafts. Oh, yeah. So they're different because one's a points league and then ours, uh, what'd you make it? An eight cat, the friends and family, but uh, both good times. I would never play in a, two things I would never play. I would never play a points league and I would, I, I, I hope to avoid any league ever again with turnovers. I hate yeah, it. I, I agree. Um, so I always, I always set it up as eight cats. I agree with you. The turnovers it punishes the best players, but points, I mean, that's Yahoo standard. Come on. It can be actually, I'm growing to like it. It is fun. And you know, it's kind of the DFS style too. So it um it, it I like them both, but definitely some I'll just I'll just say what I don't like about it. What I don't like about it, not to I'm sorry to cut you off, but what I hate about it is that like you don't have to you don't have to even think about balancing a team. Like you can just like that's true. Guys like guys like Demar Derozan go way up the rank. Like you just want people who are chasing buckets. It doesn't matter if you're getting players who are delivering in the defensive stats at all. I don't know. I, I find it. I find that you have to be a little bit more thoughtful in building a team in an eight or a nine category league. That is the full extent of my soapboxing. Yeah, that that's fair. So in in the other one, uh, in the, in the it's funny, we're going to talk to to Ryan. He was in both these leagues, and he picked first in, in both of them. But I took James Harden over Stephen Curry in in live. You know. Uh, fourth pick it's because it's a points league you gave me the hard time yeah. uh, on twitter so that's the thing i know i'm a i'm a warriors fan i took harden over him i guess that's the big standard there. i took zion in round two you know i thought that would give your guys a hard time but uh no they, they were in on that and then the points leagues so i think that seemed kind of a reach but you know you take uh and then in our league um i don't know it's totally uh different being an, an eight category what did you think well, how did your team go and that one I, I had the sixth pick and it's a five, you know, a five person draft mostly. That's one of the videos I shot. You know, there are five players you could choose being number one overall. So there, you know, you cruelly give me the sixth. And I believe you had top five. Of course, <laughs> of course you have it. And, you know, Jokic is the obvious play there. But we talked last week on the podcast about Embiid getting in shape. And I know he's going to miss some games and it's probably something I'm going to regret. But, um, man, Jokic played, uh, I think he played a lot, like, like 80 or something. But Embiid... The upside, swing for the fences. I went with Obito over Jokic. Probably going to regret it, but uh, but why not? What about your team? No, I I absolutely love that. Like Embiid has has a stated goal out there of playing seventy plus games, and if that happens, it's wide open for him to not only hit his other goals of of winning MVP, but also of being the the number one end of season fantasy commodity, right? Like we, we know the blocks are going to be there. We know that threes are going to be there. He shoots good percentages. Like everything that you like about Carl Anthony Towns, who went number one overall in the friends and family draft. Like that's all Embiid. It's just that he's only played, you know, 60 to 60. Like we can only really count on 55 to 65 games, something like that. But still, I mean, if he, man, if he plays 70, he, he's definitely part of that conversation for number one overall. 
Yeah, I hope so. No Butler there. Uh, again, just so much upside. So that's where I went there. And you had conveniently, like I said, a top pick. And you went, what, Anthony Davis, uh, number three. What do you think about your team? So we talked about the Fox pick round three. I like that. I went with my guy, Dandrell Russell, round three. Warriors, uh, one, like I said, could have went Simmons there to, to, to Philadelphia. Trust the process. But uh, fun draft <laughs> overall. I felt like everyone was totally on it. Uh, the, you know, so it should be a, should be a good one. What do you think about your team, though? Yeah, I actually felt every round... I felt like, and I was, I was kind of at one end, right? I was picking number three overall. So that's how I land Davis. And once you get Davis, you feel, you feel pretty secure early on, right? So I felt good about that. But man, um, I, I was also at, at one end of the draft. And there, there were one or two guys that got stolen from me absolutely every time. Um, so from that perspective, it was pretty, it was pretty brutal. I've, it's, it, like, do you ever do you ever find that in fantasy leagues, like you just have like kind of a calling card? And I feel like I lock up the same categories in leagues all hmm. the time. So I, I took uh, I took both Davis and Miles Turner near the top. So I like I kind of own blocks in that league. Right. I'm pretty good in rebounds. And those are just I don't know. Those are like signature categories for me. For some reason, I did take De'Aaron Fox in round three. I feel great about him. And then like it all started falling apart. Everybody I was eyeing, mm-hmm. not, not that I hate my team. Like my team is fine. Um, I love that start, but man, round four, I'm looking at marketing. Don't get him. I'm looking at Jaron Jackson. Don't get him. I'm looking at buddy healed and they all just went boom, boom, boom. And so it was, it was just one of those things where as fast as I could cue players, they were gone. They were absolutely gone. I got, I got nobody that I intended to reach for. I did get John ja Morant, which I felt yeah, pretty I good about in, yeah. in round four. I'm pretty excited about that. I've been, you know, not that he's some unknown, but I have been really excited so far by uh, what we've seen in preseason. I think it was, I think it was 10 dimes the other night. I think he's going to be really good. And something that I know that you talked about in uh, some of the preseason videos, like what, what a perfectly paired player with Jaron Jackson. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on there. But yeah, aren't you known for your total corner control in baseball too? It's always a gimmick with you. It's always something. You're all about the gimmicks. I've, I've always I always like to brand it afterwards. I've seen right, I've seen some fantasy analysts have great success right. branding or even rebranding strategies that have been used for years. Right. Like I want to get in on that. I, I want one of those trademark draft strategies too. Yeah. So I've I've, I've got to come up whatever I did in the friends and family draft. I've got to come up with a name for it. You're definitely a brander for sure. Yeah. Uh, so try getting sniped right before when you're doing that live draft. I'm sure it's happened to you in football, but man, that was extra bad when your heart's set and then, and then they cut to you and you want to talk about the player for a minute that you just almost, you know, wanted to draft. But um, oh man, you're totally right. Cause you start giving yourself like the talking points on yeah. players that you're going to talk about live on air and then he's gone. One pick and then you got, yeah. and they cut to and you. then you've got <laughs> nothing to say about Julius Randall or whoever yeah, yeah, you yeah. land. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely the worst. Yeah. Happened to me with my guy Draymond Green. So, um, but, uh, Oh, I'm going to ask you about Russell Westbrook, who I took in this in the second round in this eight cat league. And I don't know, man. What what do you think? The eight category situation is a little friendlier for Russell Westbrook, obviously, because you don't have to worry about you know four the turnovers a game or five turnovers a game or whatever it's going to be. Again, the thing with turnovers 19. is they just like they 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 just follow the players who have the ball the most. And I, I, clearly, there's a a skill there, but there's so much noise in the stat that I just absolutely hate it. It like. I don't, we've only had what um, one brief preseason glimpse of the the Westbrook Harden experience. It sure doesn't seem like it's going to hurt Harden. Yeah. He he's still he still has the ball as often as he wants it, and is just an utterly unstoppable player. I think it's going to work out well. Uh, the the whole thing for me, especially in category leagues with with Westbrook, is what happens with his free throw shooting, and we're not going to learn that from like you know what one preseason game, two preseason games. That's gonna that's going to take like a month. Um, but he like you can't get to the line eight, ten times a game and shoot 
60% and, <laughs> and still have like significant category league value. So that I guess that's the one sort of open question that I have about him. Yeah, and no, I didn't love it. Well, speaking of free throw shooting question too, Luca, you know, Doncic went went right afterward. He would have been a fun pick there too that I could have considered. But Westbrook at 19, eight category, uh, I went with him there. But again, I asked you because I'm, you know, not too super pumped about I wasn't super pumped about LaMarcus Aldridge in the fifth, too kind of a boring pick. Um, went with some upside guys like Thomas Bryant, Fred Van Vliet, and Derek White, a couple, and Kavon Looney, all sleepers I like. And then Clay Thompson in round 12, 139 overall, because there are two IL spots in this league head to head. I looked, you know, make sure the settings, if there's no IL spots, no way he even gets drafted. But because there were, I felt like kind of liked that there. But um, did you have any other uh, final thoughts? I guess you got Thad Young. Um, I've been ending up with Otto Porter, I believe, in the other, in the other league. What are your thoughts on him being a Chicago guy? It's curious about that. Um, super, super excited about, like, I'm, because I joke about it a lot, if I if I sincerely express any real interest in the Bulls, I feel like I'll just seem like I'm I'm like blowing smoke or whatever. Right. But I'm but I'm I'm kind of excited about this team. I'm kind of excited about what Good. Carter can be. I hope he has a, a healthy season. He's pretty, he's probably not going to play tonight, but he doesn't have any serious issue health wise right now. Like I think Carter can be a defensive presence. I, this is such a this is such a make or break year for Markin, and I was joking about him at the top. I don't obviously I don't think he's a pillar of the league for the next ten or fifteen years. But man, Markin has to add. I mean, we know he can score. We know he can hit threes for a big. He like he doesn't get any assists at all. Um, he's been he's been a bit of a, a black hole offensively to this point. Like that has to improve. He has to be a guy who has like real gravity on the floor, who makes people better and can just make. They don't like he doesn't have to get. I don't know, five, six assists a game. But if he if he just made the right pass at the right time, um, e- even if he made the the assist that sets the pass that sets up the assist, I, I'd be cool with it. He doesn't do a lot of that. So we have to see that in this season. Of course, he has to stay healthy too. But I'm just sort of generally excited about what the Bulls have. Port- Porter looked great when he came over last year. I'm super excited about him. Is that a prerequisite? If you're a Porter, you have to be a Porter junior, I guess, with your Michael Porter and Otto Porter. Yeah, he was really... <laughs> He was really good down the stretch. Super, super good. What? Uh, oh, the other thing I did really well in the uh, friends and family draft is my final two picks again were Michael Hero. Porter Jr. in the there last round and Tyler Hero yeah. uh, in the next to last round. And Hero, man, he looks so good the other night. Um, Eighteen points. He looks so great. And I mean, everybody should look great in summer league. Not everybody did this year, but everybody should look great in summer league. Anyway, I'm I'm super excited about him. I think he's going to be a thing. Yeah, I think they're running a pick and roll a bunch with him, and they refuse to do that um, in college. Miles Bridges, you got in the seventh round, would be remiss not to talk about everyone's favorite sleeper. I mean, no one else there in Charlotte. Good pick there. Oh, back to back Charlotte sleepers, Terry Rozier. An eight cat, I like that went right before. So, um, yeah, no solid, uh, solid draft. No picks I can uh, totally hate, uh, hate on for you. <laughs> and again, top top five really helped. So Anthony Davis, the so thing about that one. So number three there. So Harden and and Cat went. So uh, did you have any strong considerations with Curry or uh, or Greek Freak? Um, not so much, not so much Giannis. Again, it's a category league and guys who not not that Giannis is a terrible shooter at the line, but like I want to be competitive in every category, especially at the start of a draft. Right. So I'm, I'm not generally in on the guys who are like 70% free throw shooters who get to the line that often. For sure. If I'm in the middle of, of round one, I'm probably looking at Giannis. He's not my guy in the top three. Like I'm, I'm generally Davis towns. I can talk myself into Curry and that's, that's, I guess where I was really close. Like I can definitely talk myself into Curry and I've imagined this scenario where Curry just has this, supernova season and it's 36 points a game and it's just a sick number of threes i don't know six seven a night right like i i think i think his especially his first half before we have to even think about clay coming back or anybody like 
man, I think this first half could be really special. I think it could be an amazing season. And I don't have any shares of Curry yet, and I'm kind of regretting that. Yeah, I just feel like their defense could be so bad. It could just lead to such high-scoring games back and forth and so many possessions. It could be fun. But yeah, hard to to fault you with Anthony Davis. And uh, again, you uh, rigged the system. But uh, yeah, fun drafts. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Threes, I don't know, six, seven a night, right? Like, I, I, think, I think his, especially his first half, before we have to even think about Clay coming back or anybody, like... Man, I think this first half could be really special. I think it could be an amazing season. And I don't have any shares of Curry yet, and I'm kind of regretting that. Yeah, I just feel like their defense could be so bad. It could just lead to such high-scoring games back and forth and so many possessions. It could be fun. But yeah, hard to to fault you with Anthony Davis. And uh, again, you uh, rigged the system. But uh, yeah, fun draft. And, uh, <laughs> we definitely got to talk about this one, uh, follow follow this one throughout. I'm glad you did it. We haven't had a Friends and Family Basketball one last year, I don't think. I think we missed a year. I know. I, ha- I know. I had to revive it. Yeah, for um, sure. Oh. It- can't wait. Uh, and I can't wait to talk to Ryan Knaus about this, too. Let's uh, let's get right to it. I'm really excited to have Ryan Knaus on the show. Um, Ryan has been with Roto World for 12 years, started in 2007, which means that he has written approximately 65,000 player blurbs, um, just a crazy amount of player <laughs> blurbs over the year. He is one of the best writers in our industry. He's a two-time winner of the FSWA's Basketball Writer of the Year Award, which I can tell you is legit and competitive. Um, he did not win it last year. God knows what happened to Ryan last year. I mean, hey, we all, we all have an off year from time to time. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'll point out I was a finalist last year for that award, so at least I'm keeping my name in the mix. Yeah, if you ain't first, you're last, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Be nice to our um, guest, Andy. Come on. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. Um, welcome. So, <laughs> thank you. Ryan, absolutely one of my favorite uh, fantasy basketball writers. One of my favorite basketball writers. I don't have to limit it to fantasy. Um, Ryan, you have actually had the number one overall pick in both of the drafts that Dalton and I have been talking about the Roto World Draft Guide League and the Yahoo Friends and Family League. The odds are long of, uh, of getting that. You took. You took Giannis first overall in one, and you took, I believe, Carl Anthony Towns first overall in the other. Is that because your rankings are you're just a fraud, or uh, does that reflect the difference in the scoring system in each league? It, that's entirely well a loaded question. First of all, but no, that's a, that's entirely based on the scoring system. So the, yeah. the live draft that I did with Dalton was points league, where Giannis's turnovers don't really hurt you. His Free, free throw percentage, you're no longer tanking right out of the gate. So he's a much better play in a points league, whereas Carl Anthony Towns is just a roto beast, doesn't miss games. So I was comfortable. He's number one on my board in both 8-cat and 9-cat. All right, Ryan, I have to ask you because we both end up with the same players in rounds two and three. The Zion-Mitchell turn. Was uh, Zion a target of yours? Uh, what are your thoughts on those two? I was pretty happy with them. What about yourself? I was thrilled to get Zion. I feel like he kind of fell to me. Where did, where did you get him in the live draft? So I took him in round two. I thought I was maybe going to get killed for that, you know, trying to be, you know, the reach, you know, but uh, hey, they were pretty, pretty, you know, not too harsh on me. You know, it's a points league, so maybe the shooting percentages won't hurt me as much. But uh, yeah. yeah, I took him in round two and then Mitchell round three. Yeah, I was just having a little bit of fun. I feel like Cat is such a safe first pick. He's not going to miss games. He's not going to hurt you in any single category. So you can you can play around a little more. Uh, at the next turn so I felt like getting Zion there and then Mitchell who seems like he's on the verge of breaking out as you said on the show he's he's got superstar written all over so I actually wanted to ask about the round two round three turn in the Roto World Draft Guide League because I thought what you did was interesting there in part because of some of the players that went later in round three Um, you took De'Aaron Fox at the at the turn to start off round three 
this is again points league immediately after him three super interesting players in Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, and Donovan Mitchell. How close a call was that? And then, Blake, just what are you expecting from Fox sort of generally this year? Well, I loved Aaron Fox. I think he's somehow avoided. Sometimes we overhype guys and they get blown out of proportion. John Collins would be a, a good example of a guy like that. I think he's going at 30, 33. I feel like, to me, that's his ceiling. But Darren Fox... It really isn't. So you can sneak him in there. Yes, like a guy like Jimmy Butler is a fantastic roto player, has been a little more established. I just feel like De'Aaron Fox averaged, what, 17 points, eight assists after the break last year, four rebounds, one and a half steals. He made a huge jump in almost every single category in his second year. He also jumped from 30.7%, I think, three-point shooting as a rookie to 37% last year. So when you see guys who take those sort of elemental leaps in specific categories who knows you know third year breakout is is a real thing and i think darren fox is going to do that is is part of the worry about jimmy butler that he's just going to play like 65 games 60 65 games like it's not there's never one single injury that we worry about with jimmy butler but there is some sort of wear and tear age thing going on there for sure and i think dmps are the reason i wouldn't touch him there he's he's great he also you know in the points league obviously he's a fantastic weighted free throw percentage resource so that wouldn't have mattered in the points league but yeah in general i'm just a little bit he seems kind of boring at this point i hate to say that because he's a fun <laughs> player to watch but i think in because in, he's actually the least boring he player is in yeah NBA, he's right like in reality fun. he's fun but i think in fantasy i i don't know he doesn't really throw me Right, I want to jump back to the friends and family league. Uh, love the round five. You got Shea Gilgis Alexander. We talked about him earlier in this pod. You can hype him a little bit more if you want. But uh, specifically, I want to ask about Wendell Carter Jr. We're on a pod with Andy Barron's Chicago guy. Round seven, is he going to break out like many are expecting? He's kind of making me nervous. The preseason has not not been kind <laughs> to Wendell Carter Jr. because he's just banged up, right? He had the, the core injury over the, the summer. He had an ankle injury coming into training camp. Just recently had another, I think it was knee soreness or, or something like that. Just can't seem to stay healthy. And I, I'm, I'm high on him. I think he has the potential. I guess, Andy, it sounds like, like you're a big fan of WCJ, but... Yeah, I'm scared of him staying healthy. I want to see a guy. I I like proven track records to some extent, and we haven't seen that at all from him yet. Well, I was going to take him in the round that uh, uh, he went in the Friends and Family League. He was one of those. Like, that that draft was just killing me because I was was kind of at one end. Obviously, you were more extremely at one end, and... I was just Dalton and I were talking about it earlier. Every round there were there were two guys that I was really enthusiastic about. They would both go and then I was and then I was scrambling when it was my, my pick. But obviously, I there's no question the worry with Carter is availability. Yeah. Um he's got that he's, you know, not to, I'm not comparing him to Anthony Davis in any way, but he's kind of got that thing where it seems like there's going to be a bunch of little nagging things and they are just always going to keep him off the floor. No, are, are you higher on him, Dalton? Or where do, where do you come down on the Carter Jr. conundrum? Yeah, no, I've wanted him right around that round. I was absolutely going to get him right, right Yeah, that okay. round myself too. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm on board. There's also just so many young big men. I feel like if you miss out on WCJ, you can get a, a John Collins if you reach for him a little bit. Yeah. But you can get Marvin Bagley. There's just a, a lot of young guys. Bam Adebayo is set up for a breakout year. So it's not like I have to have Carter Jr. A name that I've I've seen you draft in the uh, I believe it was in the draft guide league. I want to I want to say this is starting off round five. You took Mitchell Robinson, who I find really interesting, in part because the Knicks have added I don't know seven, <laughs> nine, twelve big men in the in the off season. 
What are your expectations for Robinson? Um, obviously a, a shot blocking machine, kind of one of those, uh, like, uh, what, what's the proper, the proper bulls comparison is like Tyrus Thomas, somebody who tries to block every shot that goes up, <laughs> manages to get a handful. Like, obviously that's fantasy friendly. It's not the most real life friendly way to go about your business. But what, what are your thoughts about him from uh, just a pure fantasy perspective? Right. Well, he took off after the break last year and uh, averaged something, you know, over three blocks a game after the break. I'd be shocked if he doesn't lead the league in blocks this year. It was Miles Turner last year. It's going to be Mitch Robinson. But he he's also said that he's going to be a little bit smarter about not chasing, to your point, every single block that's put up. He needs to, you know, stay a little more hands up on defense because he's one of the most foul prone guys in the league. So that's also part of he doesn't need to play 36 minutes to hit value. So, yes, they have eight front court players and there's only two positions, but I don't. I think if he gets 30, 32 minutes a game, he'll be fine. If he's averaging three, maybe four blocks a game, that's 10 fantasy points right there. And this was a points league where I drafted him. He fell to me at, at yeah. 49. So he's not going to go that that deep in a regular eight cat nine cat he'll be gone in round three i think i will i will say my major criticism of tyrus thomas his entire career is that he never he never got over it he always tried to block every shot that went up which is how you end up (laughs) averaging six rebounds a game or whatever i I give robinson a little more credit i feel like he'll get coached up he seems like a smart enough guy who he'll figure that out but um yeah he's also so if he is going say 20 to 30 in an eight cat nine cat i don't like him there because his value is so predicated on blocks i don't want a guy who gets 70 percent of his value from a single category or 80 percent of his value from a combined blocks and field goal percentage i want a little bit more versatility with my second third round picks and speaking of the loaded front court in new york i've been grabbing bobby portis in both these leagues late probably to my detriment but i still uh still i don't know still a believer in him and a guy you grabbed in both of these leagues ryan um i'm gonna mess up his pronunciation i tried to look it up even before this but uh the spurs starting center uh you grabbed in the 12th what 11th round and the other um is he one of your favorite late round flyers this year yeah ya- jacob purtle uh, is, is how i would purtle, pronounce it. thank you purtle jacob <laughs> there's, purtle. there's a non-existent r in there that you have to pronounce but yes i think he's a, another guy who came alive late the spurs system takes a while to adjust to to learn pop has even said that so he tends to be a little bit harsh on new players but he came alive after the break had a really good postseason i think his minutes are trending in the right direction per minute his blocks are fantastic he's a good rebounder good screen setter so i think he does the little intangibles that will keep him on the court and yeah for for a late round center he's pretty much one of my like go-to guys who typically will go undrafted if i don't take him so I think my I think my favorite moment from the draft chat from the draft generally in the friends and family league was you taking Darius Garland and Colin Sexton in back to back late picks at the turn. And I'm paraphrasing here, but I feel like you you pretty much took a victory lap after that declared it declared the entire league over. Well, it's funny because you, you've been mentioning the live draft that we did as well, where I took Colin Sexton and got roasted by Matt Straub and Tommy Beer. <laughs> they were not having the Colin Sexton pick where I got him at number 97 in a points league, which to me... In a points yeah, league? To me, yeah. I'm still happy with that. But but I got Sexton at, I think it was 120 in the Yahoo Friends and Family draft. And then I got Garland 121. So that's a no-brainer. You, I got the entire Cavs backcourt. Two young guys, lottery picks that are just going to be unleashed. doesn't matter who plays point guard or shooting guard if you have both of them. And who's going to score on this team? they got uh, Seti Osman. They've got... <laughs> 
you know, Kevin Love for however many games he stays on the court. And then Sexton and Garland, like these are going to be two of the top three scorers probably. So, um, yeah, I, I was more than happy to take them both and we'll see what happens. Just a like quick follow up. If I were to set the over under for Kevin Love games played this year at like 54 and a half, where are you going? I probably, oh, that's tough because that is pretty much the over under. I think in the draft guide, if I had to pull it up, uh, I did all the projections. I think I have them at like 56 games, 58, somewhere in there. So I guess I'll take the over, but not by much. And I'm just not confident if they can't trade him. I think it's going to be a situation where they play him a lot early, try to, you know, not that you need to establish his value, but show that he's healthy, remind the league what he can do and why you might want to take on his massive contract. If they can't trade him by the all-star break, all bets are off. They probably rest him at that point because he has no incentive to play. Colin Sexton was on my radar totally by that draft, by the way, Ryan, when you were got unfairly criticized Thank and you. killed for that, that pick. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Love really slipped, actually, in that friends and family draft we were in. But I guess for, for good reason. Yeah. It makes sense. He's totally going to miss a ton of games. He's in that, that pool of players with Chris Paul, who, you know, older guys, even LaMarcus Aldridge is, is different because there's not as much risk. But just older guys who are kind of, quote unquote, boring, and they slide. And it's worth it. Like, if Kevin Love falls to... 85 or something i think pull the trigger chris paul is is sitting there at 48 why not right he's he's a top 10 talent so yeah paul could be a monster by himself there now on a good pace like really i mean paul on a per game basis could be better this year right i mean i was older but i mean really could be really really valuable when on the court are you worried about dmps with, with chris paul he's another guy kind of like love with the, the trade situation if they don't trade him why would okc play him he's got many more years on a massive contract so they don't they certainly don't want him to get hurt because that would kill the back end of his contract and kill any chance of trading him so where, where do you put him because of all those risks does he fall like would you take him at 40 would you take him at 50 yeah no you're totally right that's what i'm saying he's going to be great when on the court in the situation but yeah there's absolutely no reason for him to, them to risk him whatsoever so it's uh, i honestly all these guys the 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 paul georges and quiet leonards i just feel like they're none are going to end up on my team that's just the way it feels like i don't know i'm have to we have to rank them we all have to do it but i just feel like i'm going to be the guy passing these guys when it comes to the to the draft gotcha i was watching okc last night and like can't they be good like they looked pretty good. Um, Gilgis Alexander is is ridiculous. That that guy's going to be a really good scorer if Paul plays sixty to sixty five games. I mean, being good in the West it doesn't necessarily get you in the playoffs. But I don't know what's the ceiling for that team. They have talent. It's important to note that they were playing a Mavs team without Chris sure. Porzingis <laughs> and without Luka Doncic and. Yeah, it's it's easy to look good in the preseason when your starters are playing 20 minutes. But yeah, the, the West isn't very competitive one through eight. So I think that there's a chance they could strive for a playoff spot. I don't think they're going to get there. But SGA, you're right, is a breakout candidate. One of the most improved player, you know, locks, essentially. He'll, he'll definitely be in the voting. Uh, he looked great last night. Four three-pointers. I think he scored 24 points in 26 minutes. Um, just a very impressive player. Unfortunately, he has been hyped up. No one's, you know, no one's sleeping on him. So if you want him, you're, you're yeah. going to have to reach maybe into the late third round, fourth round at this point. He'll probably get hurt, but I kind of like grabbing Gallinari at 78 last night. I got him there, but we'll see. 78 is good. He was massive after the break. So you get a very efficient guy, especially in an eight cat or nine cat league points. He's not as valuable, but yeah, he's He's set up, and they're going to need someone to score. So when he's out there, I think he's going to be very productive. 
Um, Ryan, tell the people where they can find you on social platforms. On Twitter at my last name, Knaus, K-N-A-U-S underscore R-W for Roto World. Uh, I do not tweet nearly as much as some of my colleagues, but <laughs> maybe that's a good thing if you don't like being <laughs> being just inundated with tweets. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, people should not only follow Ryan for his very limited uh, uh, <laughs> diet of tweets, but they should also read him. Uh, again, one of the one of the best basketball writers in our in our business. Thanks again, Thanks, man. Andy. Thanks, man. R, in case you missed it this week. I- I got to talk about, again, I'm going back to the United Center. I got to talk about Monday night, Bucks, Bulls, the Lopez twins. Not only not only did they start the game together, they played extensively together. I, I will admit it was not it was not my primary game that night. Um, we had the Zion show going on. And of course, Monday night football was going on. But every time I checked in, the Lopez twins were going to work. I actually saw them run a pick and roll together on which Robin scored. Um, it was fantastic, but Dalton, there's there's no way this continues into the regular season, right? A couple of things about these brothers. One, I, I love the story that Robin wasn't even watching when Brooke was putting up those 11 threes against the Raptors in the playoffs. He's like, I don't want. He's like, he, didn't, he was like, went out of his way to even make a point that he was doing something else, like not of, of any consequence other than watching his brother play. And then Benny the Bull like tweet some tribute video. There's got to be some story there, right? Him coming back to those the mascot and Robin Lopez. There's got to be something there, right, Andy? They have a long time, um, like Robin is great with all NBA mascots and, and was just absolutely fabulous with, uh, with Benny over the years. Benny probably, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's number one, but he's certainly in that top tier of NBA mascots and his relationship with Robin over the years has just been incredible. Like Robin in terms of, you know, if you're, if you're a ticket holder in terms of like just the general fan experience that you get from Robin Lopez, how well he interacts with fans, how well he interacts with freaking mascots and apps like how much time he gives him himself he's so good on those little like in stadium videos um i'm i'm definitely gonna miss him like if he man if if a superstar ever has the personality of robin lopez they are gonna be they're gonna be the biggest athlete in the history of the world like he like what a what a fun guy like pretty good basketball player too but it's just again it's almost impossible for me to imagine those two playing more than i don't know 50 minutes together in the regular season but it was super fun in the preseason no for sure i'd love to see more of it but but definitely doubtful but uh, yeah i know it sounds like a definitely a fun fun locker room guy but yeah it's usually not the superstars that are that way but uh, yeah he will be missed in chicago i'm sure oh so good well that's gonna be it for episode two of this here show we're gonna be back next thursday please people subscribe write us a friendly review on apple Podcasts. tell a friend about the show tell two friends follow us on twitter at yahoo fantasy at andy barons at dalton del don huge thanks not only to dalton but our producer sean to our guest ryan um good times today we are out 